Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family, and a blessed Christmas to you. We are so delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. Today, we're going to go over part one of our 2023 year in review. 2023 has turned out to be a year with many surprises at home and abroad. So our world needs the church's guidance, teaching, and prayers as much as ever. But we are a people not without hope. We are never without hope, for our hope is based on a promise. And God has sent so many good people to share the lessons and the talents that he has blessed them with. So today, we're going to be sharing about building strong marriages and raising kids in the faith. Well, could there be anything more important than these two themes and, and realities, Joy? Building strong marriages. And the church teaches us as the family goes, as marriages go, so goes the church. So goes the entire world. Uh, the world might try to redefine marriage. They may be able to redefine, but you can't change reality. Mm. And so we're going to hear about strong marriages, how to make them ever stronger, the power of the sacrament in marriages. And we'll have you know, great, great teachings that are here. And block by block, marriage by marriage, child by child, catechesis by catechesis, this is the Lord's plan, the way to transform the world and to renew the church. So we've had so many great teachings throughout the year. I'm so glad to be a part of EWTN. Uh, sanity, wellness, wholeness, reality. And uh, it's just great to be a part of it. We feel like you know we're hosts doing this, but we just feel more like participants. Well, we, we have benefit. learned so much, right? We have learned so much even in our own marriage. But as you get ready to start your new year, if you have not incorporated faith, in your marriage about praying every single day. <clears throat> Do that one new thing. Pray. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your children every day and see what God does for you in the new year. Yeah. And as Dr. Ray shares in his teaching, just if you can get one area mm. uh, more, more blessed, more straight with the Lord, it has a cascading effect and it touches all the other areas of your life and of your marriage. God's plan for us is for good, mm. not for evil. Plans to give us a future that is full of hope. And so we're going to take a break at this point. You want to stay with us because there's so much good that you're going to see in the next few minutes. We'll be right back. There's plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, today we're going over our 2023 year in review, where we revisit some of our most powerful and most memorable moments on our show from the last year. As you know, this year we got a new set, so don't be thrown off if you see a few episodes from before where we made that switch. 
So the theme will be building strong marriages. And our first guest we're revisiting is a familiar face around here at EWTN, Dr. Ray Garendi. Now, Dr. Ray is going to share with us about building a stronger marriage. His book, Simple Steps to a Stronger Marriage, is a great help to couples preparing for marriage, whether you're a new marriage or you've been looking to improve an already seasoned one. So it's simple but profound advice from Dr. Ray. And he visited us most recently last May. Then secondly, we're going to hear from Peter and Deborah Herbeck, who wrote the book Lessons from the Love of School, Le Lessons from the School of Love, Cultivating a Christ-Centered Marriage. They made a powerful testimony of the need <clears throat> to keep marriage and family life ultimately oriented towards Christ and how the Lord trains and strengthens us to love him better by loving our families. The Herbex episode first aired in June. So there's such wisdom in both of these episodes and the teachings that are there. And of course, you've got decades. I don't know, maybe how long mm. they're married, each, each couple, 70, 80 years of, mm -hmm. of marriage there and wisdom. So people have really lived it people who have counseled other people, people who know the right principles to have in your marriage and in your family, and people who understand the power of the Blessed Sacrament to work and to bless and to keep you. So let's take a look at these two shows that we've had and the basic principles that are there. We'll be right back after these. Most marriages don't end, Jim, from pathology. They end from drifting apart. I don't like you anymore. As one movie character said, I don't even like the way she licks postage stamps. Yeah. So to save some of these marriages, or to even improve on the good ones, yeah. you got to keep it simple. The old K-I-S-S, -S, keep it short and simple. Right. So there's very simple steps that dramatically work. Something I call the cascade effect. The cascade effect is, in a human relationship, if you do a tiny little thing, it has a ripple effect in the whole relationship. Right. And so the results are much more powerful than what little thing you did. Right. So I chose those things that I, in my experience clinically, have by far the most ripple effect. Right. But then, and you're a counselor, you know this, yeah. people will say to me, what's one of the toughest things of counseling? I say, well, I usually know what to say to people. I've been around long enough. I said, the toughest thing? convincing them to do it. Right. That's the toughest thing. I spend 80% of that book saying, if you're resisting these steps, what's right. going on? Right. Why? 90% right. Jim of the things that I've said that I regretted. Yeah. Came at the moment of peak emotion. I don't generally premeditate to lash out at somebody. Right. By its very definition, lashing out is an impulsive emotional act. I have found that, and there's research to support this, that peak emotion doesn't last very long. 15 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. It, it, it really, it surges, and it hits, and then it starts to come down. If you can not act right here, right. and give it 10 to 20 seconds to come down, your self-control will be enough to stifle your mouth. Wow. Because most That's people, great. Jim, when was the last time that somebody actually hurt you by punching you in the head? Right. 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 But when was the last time somebody hurt you with this? This, this is the damage we do now, okay? 
So because of that, if, if, I, can, if, I, can just know, if I can know, if I can believe that this, this fiery feeling isn't going to last very long, just don't, don't say it, Ray, right when you most want to say it, most think you can't, you can't resist, if I let that pass, not much, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, I find that I don't have quite the urge to say it. And later, I'm so glad I didn't say it. Why would I say that to my mom? That was so dumb to yeah. think to say that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you think that scripture verse, I guess it's from James, you know, how we've trained everything and have conquered everything, but that the tongue, the tongue is an unwieldy member. With, we, we bless God and we curse man, our wives, our children. Many things have been tamed, but not the tongue. It's a world of fire, a world of fire. But what you're saying is very helpful because I'm saying, well, if I could just not do that for 15, 15 seconds, seconds, just kind of back just off here, just this know. is going to pass. It's good to know because it's kind of it's saying like pass. you can't control this. Yeah, you're not going to sit there for four minutes having to go. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> happen. Okay? If I'm going to respond and lash out at you, it's because I want to in those first minutes when those emotions, authentic emotions, are making me want to let you have it. What we wanted to convey through this book and the way we've really tried to live our life with our family is Jesus has to be the center. Mm -hmm. Not just of our life together, but of my life, of his life, of each of our children's lives. We have to lead them to a place where they can individually and personally make that decision mm -hmm. for themselves. Um, because unless the Lord builds the house, yeah. mm -hmm. we really are laboring in vain. And mm -hmm. so all the, all the rest of the stuff is kind of like trimming or you know icing mm -hmm. on the cake mm -hmm. or the decorating if you yeah. if you will the foundation is the most important thing yeah so I, so i guess that that's the question then if i you don't know where so many couples are in the church as well as outside of the church mm -hmm. so they might say yeah i want i want jesus as my center you know i accept that so what does that mean how do we do that like when we had premarital counseling it wasn't you know all that stupendous <laughs> but the priest this was in the anglican church he says i only have two things to say you know one is set a budget which, which we, we never which did. we never did till late in life. That was ruinous. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, "You have to pray every day. Yeah. You must pray." That every day. we did. And you know, that's keeping Jesus in the center, yeah. right? Speak to us about the power yeah. of prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, with a sure. couple, and some some people are afraid that they don't even know how to pray. That's why it's so important you yeah. to speak mm -hmm. with. Them. Well, we try to focus on two things: both making sure we're helping each other, having our own daily personal prayer time with the Lord, and then praying together. In various ways, so when, when it changes when life, right. you know, when babies are here. Like I'm an early riser, so I'd get up early. Let's say we had little babies, and Deb would kind of be getting going. I'd get my own prayer time, and then I would shift over, take the kids. Debbie would get hers. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you, we, you know, we need to. The fruitfulness comes from abiding in the Lord, actually living with a person mm -hmm. and encountering Him. He speaks, He helps, He encourages. As much as Deb, life Debbie brings to me, it's not enough. As mm -hmm. much as life as mm -hmm. I bring to her, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not, sure. well, it's not enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, but uh -huh. and so we knew we had to be rooted in him like trees, two trees rooted in the ground. And then when the, when the, the, their strength there, the branches start to interact mm -hmm. together instead of just one leaning on the other in a way that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it was a big key. We were committed to that really throughout our marriage. It doesn't sound always perfect. It doesn't always work, but you just keep coming back to it. Right. Let's get to, let's go to the mm -hmm. well, let's go to the well mm -hmm. and then uh, so I don't know yeah. if you want to add anything. Well also the witness to our kids because I remember um, later on when our kids were more young adult late teens and young adult age somebody asked her older daughter who by this point I think she had just been married 
um, we were doing a little conference on the family and they said, Sarah, what was one of the most impactful things in your own faith life? Mm -hmm. And she said, I remember in junior high and high school getting up to go to school and seeing my dad in the living room praying. Yeah. yeah. And she said that it wasn't so much what he said to me, yeah. it's what he did. When a man comes into a full relationship with Jesus and he's able to impact his children and his mm -hmm. marriage, mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. Right. And yeah. guys will testify to it that. There's just nothing the like it. Because they want their kids, mm -hmm. they want their kids to, mm -hmm. to really have a foundation for their life that's lasting yeah. and know their love. So yeah. that's a big and, deal for and me. Studies yeah. have actually shown the impact of the yeah. father in his dedication yeah. and commitment to for the Lord. Sure. And how whatever reason, how that sticks with other boys and, and girls. Well, Joy, what a blessing to have Dr. Ray Garendi sharing with us about building strong marriages and the Herbeck speaking about cultivating a Christ-centered marriage. And again and again, the thing that's so encouraging about Dr. Ray is he says, you know, it doesn't take a lot. Just correct an area. Mm. Ask God's help in an area. Work that through with your wife. And then that area will touch other areas, possibly unrelated, and you get this cascading effect of benefit and goodness and love and good health and well-being. Mm. It's the same thing on the opposite end. If you start doing bad things, evil things, it cascades into something else. So simple steps to a marriage, to stronger marriage by Dr. Ray Garendi, EWTNRC.com. Then we have the Herbex. Uh, cultivating a Christ-centered marriage. Talked about fortifying your marriage with encouragement and scriptural wisdom as you learn to approach your spouse with love and with respect. Herbex really emphasized as well the power of the sacrament, that, that, that your marriage is an outward invisible sign of an inner grace that God's given to you. It's a gift from Almighty God. You didn't have that. He gave that to you. You have everything you need to follow through on your marriage. Lessons from the School of Love Cultivating a Christ-Centered Marriage by Peter and Deborah Herbeck. Both of these books, EWTNRC.com. We're going to take a break now at this point. We'll be coming back. Plenty more to come. Welcome back. Well, we are continuing our review of some of our favorite shows from 2023. So our next guest will be discussing raising children in the faith. So first, we're going to hear from Dr. Michael Horn, who is a clinical psychologist who has written an outstanding book, The Tech Talk, Strategies for Families in a Digital World. Now, Dr. Horn gave us such great insight into the expanding role that technology is playing in the development of young people and the dangers that overexposure can present to them. So Dr. Horn came on our show last August, mm -hmm. and what a delight he Absolutely. was. Lastly, we're going to hear from Kim Cameron Smith. Now, Kim is the author of a great book called Rooting Your Teen in the Faith. It's a field guide for Catholic parents, and she shares with us the invaluable role that parents play in ensuring that their children remain involved in the faith despite the distractions of this world that inevitably <laughs> will present to our teens and all of our young adults. 
So her show's first ad in July of 2023. Yeah. Joy, again, two critical shows. Mm -hmm. Technology is here to stay. And we don't say that technology is all evil or all good. It, it is there. It is a means of communication, which EW10 takes advantage of, of greatly. So that's very critical. And then, of course, rooting your children in the faith, rooting your children in the faith, and the primary teacher is the parent. So let's watch these two shows and let's enjoy and be instructed. There are apps designed for children under 18 months of age. What? Wait, wait. There are apps available that are designed for okay. children under right. 18 months of age. I hope they're all creative good things. They uh, are creative, but even should they be doing that? But, I mean, but their eyes and their brains aren't physiologically developed enough yet to handle that sort of exposure to screens. Mm -hmm. So we need to be aware that just because something's out there doesn't mean it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the age kids are using the devices, it's how much time they're spending. So in this country, we spend an average of two and a half hours a day on social media. Mm -hmm. That's not not all screens. That's not watching TV, playing video games. That's just social media, two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So if a 10-year-old started today on social media, they would end up spending about three and a half million minutes of time on social media in their life. Mm -hmm. That's six years and eight months of their life. Wow. Now compare that to what research is showing the amount of time is that kids spend face-to-face -face in social interactions. It's less than two years. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a kid spending nearly three and a half more times on social media than interacting with friends over the course of their life. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. family or, or parents. Or family or friends, yeah. Right, and so I, I think the, the, the biggest negative of it is that parents use it, and I've seen it in so many situations, as a babysitter. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm gonna, well, she has this little iPad thing, it's just cute, blah, blah, blah. It only has all Christian things, mm -hmm. and, uh, whatever. And, but, but she's locked in, yeah. or he's locked in. And then when the parent goes to try to take it away from them, I'm talking about a severe meltdown. Yep. And we're talking really younger kids. Three. Like, mm -hmm. We see three, four, and it, it, it's crazy how they're asking for it. And it, is, it looks like they're, they're addicted. It right. is. Right, and that's one of the times that you really know there's a problem, when you have that severe a reaction to yeah. the removal of a device, when you have kids who are so dependent on it that they can't let it go. Mm. Whether or not it's a toddler at home or teenagers at the mall or people at the beach, Anytime you have somebody and it looks like the device or the phone is physically connected to them at all times, mm -hmm. that's a real indication that something is not right, something is out of balance. Mm -hmm. So kids are gonna model what they see. So if we are sitting there staring at the phone all the time, then we're sending the wrong message. One of the things that we really strive for in, in my family, no phones at the table. Mm -hmm. No phones at the table. The reason for that is because that's family time. We try to really hold that dear. And if I say, oh, well, this is work, this is different, this is a work email, they're not gonna look at that and assume that there's a difference there. All they're gonna see is the phone is more important to dad right now than talking to us. It is very clear when sociologists look at how um, the sex successful transmission of faith occurs, it's often because the parents have a lively, passionate, joyful relationship with God, and they're very committed to the faith. So if your kids see you finding answers to struggles in the faith, if they see you living your faith vibrantly, and if they see that you find joy in your faith, you're, you're much more likely to have an impact on their faith in adulthood. Whereas if 
one just goes to church on Sunday, your home looks like any other home on the block. The kids seem to absorb the message that it's really not that important to you, so it must not be that important. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to have an informed faith, mm. a, a living faith, enthusiastic faith, but you're really big in your book of really understanding the faith. So that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to transmit that. It's not a responsibility, their choice, their heart, their will, mm -hmm. right? Because as we were saying back in the green room, you could do everything kind of right in terms of modeling and being enthusiastic and being informed, but there really is that mystery there of a child's mm -hmm. decision. So what is it with those teenage years? You call it a faith drift yes. in the teenage years. And everybody's, oh yeah, well that's it. And it's almost inevitable that's going to happen. It's just the way it is at that time. And, and you know, th there's no recourse that we really have. But you, your book addresses all of this to say we, we can't have that mentality. We're just not going to let our children drift away. They'll almost have to choose to move in another way because we're going to so model this and live this and share it beautifully and in an informed way that they're going to know what they believe in and how they can walk that out. Share with us about why is there such a drift in these years? I think that the root of the drift, it's, it's multifaceted, but certainly one surprising thing is that we've lost Catholic culture. So Catholics, particularly in this country, in the early, maybe a few generations back, the faith animated the life of Catholics from the time they were born until mm -hmm. the time they died. Mm -hmm. So even if they weren't passionate disciples. It was the culture, you know, they lived, they tended to live in neighborhoods with other Catholics. Their lives revolved around the parish. There was Catholic sports teams, insurance mm -hmm. agencies. So it just was in their blood. Mm -hmm. And so that seemed to carry a lot of Catholics forward into adulthood and along, so we've lost that. Mm -hmm. So we now, you know, Catholics just, if you look in most Catholic homes, they don't look any different from anyone else's homes. Mm -hmm. It's very, very detached from, from the from the faith and from parish life. I think Catholics are less well catechized nowadays. If parents really don't know. They they turn it over to experts at mm -hmm. the parish who maybe see those kids for an hour a week. Mm -hmm. And the other huge thing, the radical secularization of culture. It is dangerous. You know yeah. the the. And, and particularly the, the, the fads and the, and the ideas that are pushed in our kids' faces if we are not aware of what they're exposed to. At the same time, this marginal, marginalization of people of faith, ideas about God in, in every faith tradition marginalize in society. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. no voice. Right. So this is the world our kids mm -hmm. are growing up in. Yeah. So if we are not intentional, if we are not alive and aware, alive in our faith and aware of those dangers, our kids just literally right. drift right. with the culture. Yeah. Right. Well, thank God, Joy, two more powerful shows that could really make a difference in, in marriage and in the family. Uh, the Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World by Dr. Michael Horn, EW10RC.com, how technology is impacting mm. you know, our children. You need to have the tech talk, like the sexuality talk, a tech talk, uh, and, and you need to guide and direct your children. You need to teach your values to the children so that they can sort out. These are the values we believe. These are our Catholic values and teaching, respect for the human person, 
And so much there on technology mm. is not about faith. It's not about the sanctity of the human person. And then Kim Cameron with Rooting Your Teen in the Faith, a field guide for Catholic parents. Again, Kim Cameron, EWTNRC.com for both of those. I love the word rooting. Mm. It's not just enough to say, well, we go to church on Sunday or every other Sunday, whatever we do. You gotta root your children in the faith. We need to catechize them in the faith and we need to be models for our children uh, of what it means to be a marriage, to be a family. We need to model that as well with technology and how we handle it. So thank you for being with us. Just a couple, few of the shows for 2023. Thank God for EW10 and all the good things they bring to all of us. Keep it on EW10. God bless you and all of your loved ones. Bye now. Mm -hmm.